0: This podcast is a ministry of Christian Life Center in Berwyn, Illinois. Our goal is to create a real faith for the real world, and we hope this helps you grow. For more information on Christian Life Center, visit us at our website, www.berwynag.org. Thank you. you have your Bible, turn with me to Acts chapter 4. If you don't have your Bible you can borrow the Bible that's in front of you if you don't have a Bible at home you can take that Bible home with you I'm more than happy to give that with you so you can never say you don't have a Bible and you can never say I didn't give you something there you go We want you to have the Word of God in your heart and your mind and uh, nothing changes your world like knowing the word we just sang it over again uh, that God You know that God's uh, word builds us and changes us, and that everything that that He has for us in the word. If we would just appropriate all the promises of the word of God, do you realize how different your life would be? We're talking uh, in this series about uh, the book of Acts. We're talking about Acts chapter four, actually, and uh, we've been talking about what happened after the crucifixion. And so, for the last few weeks, we've been going through these things and. And on the day of Pentecost, uh, 50 days after uh, Easter, there was this, uh, after the resurrection, there was this uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost came, outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon uh, men and women there, and that filled that room. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit, given a new prayer language, given the the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And then the very next chapter, we see that they begin to do something. In in chapter 2, They received the Holy Spirit in chapter 3 now they are dispensing the Holy Spirit it's pretty powerful really if you think about it in just a matter of a few verses they go from people who have been receiving what the Holy Spirit is doing in their life to now suddenly moving uh, from receiver to dispenser of the Holy Spirit and now they they are on the way up to the temple and they they uh, see a, a lame man who's begging asking for money and They say, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. And so then they give what they have, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. They carried their life. They walked around as though they had something to give even when they had no money. Because greater is He who's in us than he who's in the world. He's in you, right? The the Greater is He who's in us than he who's in the world. So the Holy Spirit is on the inside. We always have the Holy Spirit at our availability he is the equipment that we need for the task he's brought us up to the to speed so that we can accomplish the supernatural even in our life and so uh, this of course gets them in great trouble and uh, I warned you last week that if you do these miracles you're gonna upset some people and uh, and that's what we see here in chapter 4 and so we'll read chapter 4 verses 1 down through 22 so it's a lengthy passage and uh, this is one, just one of many services that I've had this weekend. And so my voice is a little bit strained, and the first service got me all excited, so uh, I may strain my voice a little bit there. So if you could just be patient with me, I'm taking a drink of water. This drink of water actually brought to you by the uh, Chi Alpha Ministries. It's missions week here, so Chi Alpha Ministries reaches the college campuses all through the United States. We support co- college ministries on the campus of Purdue University. Uh, we uh, and, uh, we fe- I fellowship with guys who are uh, at at uh, Notre Dame and uh, Illinois and Indiana University and uh, Macomb, Mountain Macomb, and there are there are just a, uh, 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 all the univers- uh, uh, Evanston, what's that? North- Northwestern and uh, University of Illinois at Chicago, and uh, these ministries and the- and these fellows are and gals are reaching out changing the world. In fact, some of the foreign missionaries that we support in our ministry are young people who went off to college, found the Lord in these Kai Alpha ministries, and then God called them and saved them from a life of hard work in the system, and, re- and rescued them and sent them out into the world. So we have in Egypt, and in the Sudan, and in many places around the world, we have missionaries that got saved we're supporting missionaries that are second-generation missionaries that got saved through our first-generation ministries here. We're really, I'm excited about missions. It's the heartbeat of God. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But this, this is just a, a, a great thing. So I've got to get my drink of water here. That's what I was talking about. Why did you interrupt me? Anyway, so this wonderful uh, story of, in, in verse 1. I didn't read this today, did I? Just once today. So, okay. And then... Sometimes you wonder. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day. For it was already evening, for for many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. How many of you are just comforted by the fact that you're not the only one to spend a night in jail once in your lifetime, but the apostles actually spent your night? Okay, anyway, um, so it says in verse 5, On the next day the rulers and the elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were in the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men for that... uh, here they are under arrest and we see that the, the, the apostles now, because of the very healing, because they have received the Holy Spirit and now because they have stepped out into the Holy Spirit, they immediately receive some, some stress back. It says that the Sadducees were annoyed. You know, The religious people will always get upset when you begin to step out in the power of the Holy Spirit always upsets the people who are religious folk. If you're a religious person here this morning, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be offensive to you. Just come to Jesus and get real relationship with Jesus and your religion will start to make sense. I was religious for many times. I used to get high, smoke pot at the base of a tree and carve crosses in the trees in the forest preserves, thinking that somehow that gave me religion. All that gave me was slivers. That's all it gave me and a headache in the morning. But the reality of it is that, that God has something greater for us than that just religion. He wants us to be able to be. And so this, here, this throws into relief our, what, what we call Christianity in our world and what the, the, what the Bible calls following Jesus, this, this real following after Jesus. It's more than just, um, just uh, doing religious things. It's about giving yourself wholly. Uh, We sang the song, uh, You Want All or Nothing, God. Right? Amen. And so our response should be back, God, you have all. I give you all. And then we should respond back to God, Now I want all or nothing, God. I want all you have for me. And that's the reciprocation that God brings to us as the people of God. It's exciting to be. I'm just excited to be a follower of Jesus this morning. It's a good thing. So they're teaching, and they're healing, and they're doing things. 5,000 people get saved, and we gloss over that fact in the first service, we didn't even mention that, but 5,000 people come to know Jesus, and they become followers of Jesus, and now the, the religious feathers are ruffled, and so they, they come in, and it says they come upon them, I like the way the ESV says that, it says they come upon them, it's like they seize them, you could tell that they're out of the stepped out of the shadows and grabbed a hold of these apostles and said listen you have uh, you you have violated some unknown law you can't do good things to people who are suffering in the name of jesus not here in the temple that's that's bad business you know and so uh they're arrested they're held overnight uh, these are just the common tactics of intimidation it's always what the enemy wants to do whenever you step out in the name of jesus He always wants to bring fear to you and to shut your mouth look at your neighbor and say don't shut up up. yeah just keep saying that yeah i hope you got that right you don't if you looked at your neighbor and said shut up you got that wrong but if, if if you're speaking to people in jesus name and you're ministering to people and you're healing people in jesus name you're stepping out in faith you see this is the radical call that god has brought to us he's called us to be involved to be dispensers of the Holy Spirit we remember that at the beginning of Jesus's ministry it says in the scripture that Jesus stepped up grabbed the scroll and he said the Spirit of the Lord is upon me in other words everything that Jesus is about to do all the miracles he does by the power of the Holy Spirit it's very that's very important some some churches teach that Jesus did these miracles because he was the divine son of God. I wholly believe that he is the divine son of God. But the scripture Jesus himself said that he did these things by the Holy Spirit. And after he was gone in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Peter confirms it. He said, Jesus about, went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil because the spirit of the Lord was upon him. And so uh, both the apostles and Jesus himself claim that these miracles happened because the Spirit of God was upon Jesus. In other words, Jesus didn't do any miracles based on the fact that he was the Son of God. If he did that, then we would have to say, well, we're not the divine Son of God, therefore miracles will never happen through us. But because God dispensed his Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 to the church, that means every single person in here, amen, every single person in here, has that exact same Spirit that God gave Jesus. Paul said it this way. He said, if that same Spirit that God gave Jesus raised Him from the dead, it shall quicken your mortal body. That Holy Spirit will be on you and quicken you and give you life through your mortal body. Somebody needs to claim that this morning. You're not feeling good this morning. You say, it's the same Spirit that flows through Jesus that now flows through me. It's Jesus that dispensed the Spirit into my life and now I'm receive in Jesus name the quickening power the life-giving power of the spirit that's moving in the heavenly realms I receive that here in my natural body right now in Jesus name anyway so so God is moving by the power of his holy spirit and God sends his spirit to the apostles and they begin to dispense it out there laying hands on the sick picking up uh, this this crippled man and watching the miracle and of course all uh the the craziness ensues immediately after that amazing and so as they do this now they they launch out there and god moves by the power of his spirit as they step out this is the purpose of the spirit-filled church this is the reason why we're looking at this to show us to what happens the church is meant to be dispensed like pool balls on a on a pool table, uh, you know the sermon is supposed to be like the cue ball that comes and hits you right on the noggin, right, right in the noggin. You go, oh, I should be out there ministering to people all over the world, and then you leave this place like cue balls in every direction, and and uh, I don't want to say who is the eighth ball in here, but but <laughs> but no, you leave in every direction, and you all go off into your various different places to go do ministry, and and and, and see so God has empowered us to do ministry. We, God has not made us sitters in the pew. God has called us to be people who come here to this refueling station to get refueled, to get challenged, to be filled with the Word. We, We just sang, we just vowed before God, I will live my life by your Word. Well, this Word is instructing us and showing us what our faith should look like. And you know what it doesn't say? Sit in a pew on your hands and put money in a basket. You know? Now listen, you are much easier to control when you're seated, and you're not running around doing ministry here. Listen, if, I, if it was up to me being comfortable, I would much more have you, much more rather have you sit where you are. Is that way I can kind of know what's going on. Some of you look dangerous, so I don't want you running around too much, and I would want to, I want to be able to see what's going on in here. But if you know, but but the the action-packed church, it's it's so much more in the Bible than what we do in church. And we have dumbed down Christianity. We have dumbed down Christianity so that the guy in the front is doing all the ministry and we're just sitting there receiving and soaking it all in. And Now, what happens to you if you never do any exercise and you only receive? If you just sit at the table all day long, you go to the buffet table and you never move. Right? You just sit there, and then they go, uh, oh, why are you at the Chinese buffet today? Well, I'm hungry. Well, we'll feed you, and then you just keep eating. You never stop eating. You will explode and die right there and, then, and have never done any good. But if you, you're meant to eat so that it gives you energy to go do, right? And that's what church is about. You come here to eat spiritually, to take the bread of life, and to eat the Word of God, and to put that in your spirit so that you can rise up out of here like eight balls in all different directions, and go out and minister the gospel everywhere you go and change lives. So that, not to fill the church, to fill heaven. Amen. To fill heaven. You know, we got, we've got to bring people with us. That's the one thing you can bring to heaven. You know you can't bring your money. All your money, hon. You can't, all your money. I'm wishful in Jesus' name, right? All your money. You can't bring that all with you to heaven. You can't bring it. No, no trailers on hearses, they say. You know, there's nothing you can bring to heaven except people. They're the only things you can bring with you. We're going to stand before God someday and He's going to ask us what we did for Him. Our answer should not be, sat quietly with my hands folded in my lap and listened to everything Pastor said. That should not be what we say. We should say, I got fired up And I heard what he said, and I got fired up. I believed it, and I went out there and did that. And that's what these guys did. They received the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Jesus had had spoken with them for a while, but now they've received the power of the Holy Spirit. They go out there, and immediately they live their life as people who've got something to give in every circumstance. They give the power of the Holy Spirit to this guy. He gets raised up, causes them great aggravation, and now they're living their life underneath this pressure. Miracles always cause trouble. Miracles always cause trouble do a miracle I remember I, my only argument that I ever got into with my grandfather my, my grandfather was and he was 80 something was the day I came home and said I gave my life to Jesus and he said and I told him I knew that I was going to heaven I knew that and that just ticked him off and no one knows you're going to heaven until you get there. Well that's not much of a gospel is it? You know, it's like it's like well, you know, who knows? You could be in, you could be out. It doesn't give you much confidence. And so I responded back to him in a very argumentative tone, the way you, you know, how you get uppity, you know, and you get first get saved, you know everything, you know. And so because uh, I knew one Bible verse, I said it. You, you must be born again. That's what the scripture says. You must be born again. And. uh I won't tell you what he said right then because he swore, and I can't say that here in the sanctuary. The reality of it is we, we, get, uh, we get rooted in our religion, and that's our net. We, we, we nest. That's what we do as human beings. We like to be comfortable. We like to get settled in. And that's why God wants to provoke us to go do the work of the ministry, to get involved in people's lives. The people who need you to get involved in their life, their life is a hot mess. God is not asking you to play in a foursome with someone who doesn't have any problems. Right. God is asking you rather to get involved with somebody's life that scares you. That's right. you. You look at them and you go, "Man, they are messed up." I don't know if I really because that's a that's a you know that's a big handful to get involved in. They, they smell bad. They have they react bad. They have all their friends are bad. Right and then you're going to get involved in that, and you're going to make friends with all all these people. I remember one day I, uh okay Ben wasn't here in church today, so I'll talk about him one day i'm driving <laughs> I had just been ministering to Ben Howard, who plays the bass and uh, and so I, I was ministering to him i this is wrong for me even to say this here in church but I, and I'm driving down the road down the highway and i we we had uh set up a, a bow range i'd set up a bow range down in the basement i was shooting arrows across the basement of the church oh. anyway um so we were we were having bow practice and then i would talk to him about jesus well you know because while while i was shooting i would take long shots like well you know the bible says that <laughs> and, and so and we were talking about it and then and he was getting closer and closer to the lord and things were starting to make sense in his his life you know and so but you know he didn't get airlifted right out of the world into the kingdom. And so so as we're, go- one day I'm driving down 55, and I see this pack of bikers riding down the road, and I pull up next to them, and there's Ben riding his, riding his Harley right there. And I, so I honk the horn, and I wave at him, and, and he, hey, he waves at me, and he so rides up to the, some other guy and nudges him and says, look over there, that's my pastor over there. And, and so, and it was dangerous. We are going 60 miles an hour, you know. And I, <laughs> And and but but that but then I and I was like this is the crew that he runs with oh that's messy for me to get involved in that that group of people and then uh, later he got in an in a accident on his motorcycle and uh, broke his leg all up and when I went there to do ministry all those people were all there in. In, in the room. And I was able to talk to them and kind of do some ministry and talk to them and share the Lord and that kind of stuff. So that's what happens when you get involved in people's lives. It's messy. It's not a neat package. And we like things to be neat. But here in this scripture, we see that it's been not neat for a long time. It's been a messy business to minister to people for a long time. And so God uh, worked through them and changed their lives and everything. And then they ask, these religious people ask the question, By what authority? In other words, what right? That's what my grandfather said. Who are you to say who could go to the kingdom of God? And I said, oh, it's not me. It's what Jesus said. You must be born again. Right? Who are you? By what authority did you heal this guy? And, of course, the apostles say, well, if you must know. Well, let me read it again. It says, "Uh, if being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel. In other words, I want you to know, since you asked, since you asked, then I I have to tell you, and I want to tell the entire nation, that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the one who healed this crippled man, formerly crippled man, now healed person, standing right here in your midst. And it shut their mouths because they were so bold. It says they took note that they were so bold. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's what happened that day when I came home and talked back to my grandfather. I would never talk back to my grandfather, except for the fact that God had enlightened my mind, and I knew for, for, for the first time in my life that that old man did not know what he was talking about. I knew it God had put it in my you get saved and then that's how you know you're going to heaven and I, from that moment I had a Holy Spirit boldness on the inside of my life and everything in my life was changed and reoriented I had a new north to live by and God began to change that's what happens when you get the Holy Spirit there's a holy boldness that comes over you and that's what they noticed about these apostles that they were bold that they were there you get you get to minister to people you walk over to people's desk. at your workplace, and you say, man, your life is messed up. You would never do that because you didn't care. You didn't care. You just worked with that person. You would never care about that person. But in fact, you would avoid them because their life was messed up. But now you are a busybody. Now you're in their business. Now you walk over and say, man, you are messed up. And you expect to get a punch in the nose because you just told them their life is messed up. But what you really get is a tear. We were talking about bikers just a few seconds ago. We had a couple guys in the in the church, and by their by their the leathers, the, the you know the, the, the colors that they were wearing, and everything. They came in the church. They were, they were uh, big guys, and people came running out. I was back there, and people came running back to me. Pastor, there's some bikers in the church. And I said, Oh, really? Oh, so. So I walked out, and I go, hey, I knew one of them. Hey, how you doing? Oh, Pastor, good to see you. One of them's a believer already. But he brought his buddy who was not a believer. And they looked, you know, they, were, they had the tattoos and the whole shoot match all over them, you know, leathers, and they were scaring people in the church. People were like, well, you got to see that and jump in. you got to see that as an invitation. This is what I've learned about church. People come to church because their lives are hurting. And God wants to set them free. I know that all so well. God wants to set people's lives free. And he hasn't, he hasn't relinquished that task to the guy behind the pulpit. He's, he's given that task to every single person by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so you jump into those relationships and you get involved in those relationships and it, it scares people. It, it, it freaks people out, but God wants you to be Bold, and you have to say to him, "Man, how are you so messed up that you found yourself in church today?" Right? What? Well, and you expect, and I remember I said to the guy, "Well, what, what brought you to church?" Well, I came with so no that that that. I see, I know you came with him. Obviously, I'm not blind. You two guys look like bookends, you know. But uh, what brought you to church today? And he said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Your life has fallen apart. What brought you to church today?" He said, "I lost my marriage." And I just lost my job oh I get it you need Jesus you need Jesus it's such a fix isn't it it's such a fix the power of the Holy Spirit makes you bold God's gonna now listen I have done some dumb things as a, as a believer I have grabbed dead bodies tried to raise them from the dead You yeah, I've done some dumb, dumb things. I went into uh, Cook County Hospital and got thrown out of the uh, psychiatric ward. You know, the, outside the psychiatric ward where I was laying hands on all these people and I was stirring up all these, you know, psychotic religious ideations that they had. You know, I didn't know. I was just a new believer. I've made a lot of mistakes. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes as a believer in Jesus. But you know what? When, I, when the Lord comes back and he says, what did you do for me? At least I'll be able to say I got off my butt and I did made some mistakes. God wants you to 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 get out there and try. I mean, really, honestly, the success stories are not near as fun as all the failures. All the things that all the things that you tried to do and you realize, oh, that wasn't God, that was just me, you know and 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 they're, they're kind of funny otherwise if you either laugh or cry you know you have to do that but so so the power of the holy spirit working through you makes you bold and sometimes you make mistakes but that's better than saying to the lord on that great and notable day when we all stand before him lord i just sat there really quietly that's right amen i buried the talent that you gave me it's better than than saying that you'd rather be able to say to him lord i was yours i was so excited i did some stupid things god forgive me for that i didn't want to I didn't want to impugn your name to the world. I I I wanted the world to know about Jesus. And anybody who knows me, I'm just going to be honest, anybody who knows me knows that I love Jesus. I have never been a closet Christian. I have never been on the down low. I've done crazy things. I've passed out papers at at, uh, train stations and tracks to everybody I met. Gave out tracks one year for... Or Halloween all my neighbors know nobody's gonna go oh I wonder what that guy believes they all know they say stay away from his house don't talk to him he'll talk to you about Jesus the the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses never come to my house they don't you want to get rid of Jehovah's Witnesses that are bothering you just tell them about Jesus Yeah, The greatest way to witness to Jehovah's Witness, I'd like to give you this little tip, is you just say, well, I'd love to have you inside. Don't let them in right away. But I'd say, I'd love to have you inside. Put your hand on their shoulder. Let's pray. Jehovah God. They'll be so freaked out that you just prayed to Jehovah God that they'll pay attention. And then say, I invite you and the spirit of truth to come reveal Jesus in this conversation. Amen. Come on in. And you can have them for lunch right there. I mean, have them for lunch, you know. And just talk to them about Jesus. And you say, what if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to? I guarantee they will. Ask them a question back. They're out there. I, I feel sorry I, when I'm out running in the morning. I see them on the corners, you know, trying to Trying to get people interested in Jesus because they have to earn their way there's only 144,000 allowed into the kingdom of heaven according to them and so they got to work their fannies off to get themselves into heaven what a lie from the pit of hell you don't go to heaven because you work hard you go to heaven because you love Jesus And you just love, you you, because he gave his life to die for you, and you love him in return, you're reciprocating the great love that he gave you. What an amazing God we serve. It's it's total freedom. So anyway, the Holy Spirit comes upon them, they're out causing trouble, they're healing the sick, all this stuff goes on, and they begin to get, and you notice this one verse that says that, that the name of Jesus is what healed this guy. And then it says, something very powerful, it says that this name is the only name by which all men must be saved. Amen. And that, that anointed verse that the Holy Spirit gave to Peter changes everything. And that's why we have Missions Week. Because Missions Week is all about the fact that if that is the only name by which men must be saved, then the whole world needs to hear about Jesus. you believe that? I believe it. But anyway, so they're under arrest. They, they, uh, they're in trouble. And the Scripture says that they took note that they were bold. They, they had boldness to approach God in prayer. They had boldness to pray over the sick. They had boldness to preach and to witness. They had boldness to do the miraculous. And then it says that they took note that they were simple and uneducated men. Now, it's not that God can only use simple and uneducated men, but that God could use them in spite of the fact that they they hadn't been in school, that they were simple people. The gospel isn't anti-education. The gospel is is uh, the fact that your ignorance is never going to slow God's purpose down if you're submitted to the Lord. Yeah. How many of you are in over your head in your business? Raise your hand. You're, you're in over your head. You're, you're way beyond where you, where you should be. Yeah, go ahead and raise your hand. Give the glory to the Lord. That means just means God's used you in spite of the fact that you're not as smart as you look. That's good. <laughs> God moves you into pl- I remember one time we had, we had a... Uh, uh, one of these screens in the other church. And I didn't know how I was going to ever get up there to hang that thing because it was going to rip as sure as anything if I tried to do it. But I was determined to do it, and I was all, all by myself that day. And I laid down at the altar, as I frequently do, praying. And I said, God, just show me what I should do here. I just need to know. And then the Lord showed me a vision of, of a treble clef, if you know what a treble clef is and a music sign. And so and I thought, oh. I could just get two ropes of exactly the same size, slide it over that thing, slide the thing on there. And it would lay in the two ropes and then I would, I would be able to screw it to the top. And then as I rolled the ropes one direction, it would unroll from the bottom roll and roll onto the top roll and I would stress the whole thing. Now, come on now, I'm not that smart. <laughs> in fact, I got up from there and I said, I'm not even sure that will work, but we, it did work. And when I got done, I for years, I, I mean, Decades, I have been amazed that God would speak that simple, practical thing into my mind. We're in over our heads, but the Holy Spirit can make us bold. The Holy Spirit can fill us, can give us, and we don't have to be educated. Our lack of education, our simplicity, in fact, God designed us to be simple. He wants us to have a faith that is simple so that we can launch out and change the world and, 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 and to be childlike, not childish, but to be childlike and to take our, our faith out into the world and, and launch out there. And it says that these religious folk took note that these guys were bold and that they they were uh, uneducated and simple men, but, but they had been with Jesus. But they had been with Jesus. You know, you're, you are you're known by the people you hang with. Those biker guys I was talking about, they were known by the people that they hung with if you're on the street people know you because of the people that you hang with if you're if you uh uh have been in a gang you're known because of the people that you hang with and in the same way these guys looked at the at, at these two apostles and said because they weren't you know they didn't have halos and miters or any of that kind of stuff we're walking around with a big shepherd staff that's not how they looked you know they were just normal guys they looked at him and said these guys were some of those Jesus characters, they're hung around with Jesus. No wonder they're doing miracles. And then they told him, shut up. Don't speak any longer. And then the boldness comes out of Peter. You've got to love this when he says, well, you have to figure it out for yourself whether we're going to listen to you or listen to God. That's right. You want know that saying? That's saying, go fish. We're not listening to you. That's what he's saying to them. You have to figure it out for yourself. You need a revelation. We've already got the revelation. We're going to keep on moving for Jesus, and we're going to keep on doing what God wants us to do. And so they launched out because they had this holy boldness. So what I'm telling you is the Holy Spirit makes you bold and obnoxious. It's both gifts right there. At the same time, you're able to get right into people's business and launch out and pray for the sick and get it muddled with people that you work with and your neighbors. And, you know, my wife has has neighbors, I, I, don't, I don't even know what these people, they, they come by my house, walking their dogs, and my wife will talk to anyone, literally anyone walking down the street. And so I remember coming home, and there was a whole group of homosexual people standing on, my, on my, my porch, and I remember thinking to myself, hmm, I wonder what's going on here today, you know? And as I walk up, I, I'm like, say hi to them all, you know? How are you doing? Oh, good. My wife is going. This, she introduces me to all their names. She knows them all by name now. I'm talking to the, talking to them all, and I'm, I'm, I'm just flabbergasted, you know. And she said, I was praying for this one guy because of this thing that happened. So I said, Oh, okay. So then they, they left, and I looked at her, and I go, How does that happen? I mean, that, that, that doesn't happen to me. I don't, I don't. I'm not surrounded by, you know, crowds of homosexual people who want to be prayed for for their needs she goes that's because you need to care more (laughs) it's the truth we do need to care more because everybody needs Jesus everybody needs Jesus we believe that with all of our heart you're known for who you hang with is there anyone in your life that says that guy that gal They hang out with Jesus. That's why God moves in their life. That's why God changes lives through them. That's why they've always got a gospel witness to give to someone, because they hang with Jesus. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope you were blessed by it. If there's anything that we can do to help you further your relationship with God, we would love to be a part of it. You can contact us through our website, www.burwinag.org. Thank you, and God bless.